This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, your host, and today I have as my guest, Anne Carden, who is the founder and CEO of A. Carden, Inc., an international business and marketing consultant company for coaches, consultants, and small business owners. She's also an author and a speaker for professional organizations. After leaving a 13-year career in business management, Anne decided to leave her job to make a move with her family from California back to the Midwest where she grew up to raise her two small children. Struggling financially, Anne started looking for ways to make additional money to help her family. With only one family vehicle and living outside of a small town, there was minimal opportunity for employment, and this was the beginning of her entrepreneurial journey. So welcome, Anne. Thank you so much, Michelle. I am so grateful and honored to be here. I love what you're doing, so thank you for having me as a guest. Well, thank you very much. So we, we talk about resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness, which is the roar to win. And I have been in the situation where I had small children in one car and in the outskirts of town. So tell me, um, you had to take matters into your own hands. What did you do? I did. So, you know, we, we were really definitely struggling financially. And there was a, there was a point where, you know, we were, my kids were getting clothes from cousins and hand-me-downs from cousins. And there was a point where my son, uh, he was four at the time and he needed shoes. And I sat down and cried because we didn't have the money. And I, I, I am a believer in, um, God and I prayed and I, I knew there had to be a way. Um, and so I got an idea. I had a box of stuff. I like to say stuff because that's really what it was. I always have been kind of artsy and creative and I used to use it as sort of an outlet when I was in corporate America. And I did a lot of things with my kids' nurseries and, and so I loved doing creative things. But I had a box of stuff that probably was worth about $15 and the idea came to me, maybe I could do something with this. And this was almost 30 years ago. So the craft business was exploding across the country at, at that time. And I thought there was a little store in town and I thought, you know, maybe I can make some things and sell them at this little store and, you know, make some extra money for my family and obviously get my son's shoes and those things. And, and so that's what I did. So I kind of pulled the stuff out and I made up some things and took it into the little store in town. I could only go on Saturday because we had one vehicle. So I had to wait until my husband was off work and put, she was very gracious about putting my things in her store. But after about three weeks of going back Saturday after Saturday, nothing had sold. Uh -huh. And I finally talk about resourcefulness. I said, okay, tell me what's selling. <laughs> I need to know what is selling. What do I need to do here? And she showed me these rabbit dolls are selling, these soft cloth rabbit dolls. And I thought, I have no idea how to make a rabbit doll. But I, again, using resourcefulness, I said, well, I'm going to go look at a bunch of patterns and I'm going to see what I can come up with. And I'm going to design something. I borrowed my mom's sewing machine and I created my own design. And I, I took a doll in there and she said, I think these will sell. And lo and behold, they did. Seven years later, uh, shipping globally all over the, the world. Uh, my dolls ended up on, and I did more than rabbit dolls. I did an entire Noah's Ark line, and, and so it went on and on. So I had multiple, multiple designs that I had, but they were all unique. And long story short, I basically built a manufacturing business out of my home. And I had, you know, several other moms, stay-at-home moms that worked for me. So I had seven or eight women that worked for me, and I shipped all over, and um, it was a very, very good business for me. So is that <laughs> didn't have any idea what I was going to do with that when I first started or what it would turn into. But that that was definitely um, how I got started with things. Okay, so how did you get from that to um, what you do now? 
oh gosh, so it was a long journey. So as so I did that business for about seven years and the market started changing and I was actually designing patterns as well for a pattern company. Um, and so as the market started changing, people were importing a lot of craft things, you know, at that time and, and you almost couldn't make things as as inexpensive as you could buy the full thing that was being imported. So I saw a turn in the market and I had actually gained a lot of weight while I was doing that business because it was very sedentary and I, I didn't feel good. I, I will say I was actually very depressed. I saw the market changing. I didn't know what to do about it. You know, I was doing the best I could, but I just felt like, okay, this is just not going the way I want. And I had gained a lot of weight. So I was struggling and I, I thought the only thing I really have control over at this time is taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so I started working out. I started eating better. I lost the weight. And, but as I did, I fell in love with health and fitness. Okay. And I, I saw a new opportunity. There was nothing around us at that time. There were not places to go and work out. There were not gyms. This was, again, you know, 20 something plus years ago, 28 years ago, I guess. And I, I saw an opportunity. So I actually went to a back to school barbecue at my kid's school, asked moms if they wanted to take fitness classes with me. You know, I, I, uh, called the community center and said, can I use it, you know, to do fitness classes? And I did get certified and all of that kind of thing in fitness and nutrition. And I started a fitness business. Long story short, that turned into two health clubs, two weight loss and fitness and nutrition centers. Um, and, and in my fourth business, which was my, my um, fitness center, I actually had two locations, four, lo- four businesses really at the time. Two, two of those were different locations. And I was going back and forth and I was doing a lot of traveling and everything in between those two businesses and I was exhausted. And I could not get that, that last business going. I was struggling. It was breaking even. It wasn't making money, but I was killing myself for it to break even. And I knew something had to give. And I hired my first business coach. Mm-hmm. And it was such a game changer. And, and I remember saying to her, you mean I have control over all of this business and marketing stuff? Because for years, I kind of did trial and error and what I knew to do. And I just, I, you know, I just used my gut instincts and I, I built businesses and I built successful businesses. But this one, I could not get going. Mm-hmm. And so I hired my first business coach and I absolutely fell in love with business and marketing and went on to just anything and everything I could absorb and mentor, you know, work under mentors and coaches and consultants and <coughs> excuse me. So um, I, I saw another opportunity. I sold all of those businesses. So I actually have sold all five of my businesses. Mm-hmm. And the only one I have is my existing coaching and consulting business. But I love it because I get to work with people that are struggling with the same things I did through the years. Um, business can be so much easier. And I, you know, I love helping. And, I, and when their business is struggling, their life is struggling. And it, it's heartbreaking to me. So I saw an opportunity and that's how I got into this. And that has been, gosh, nine years. That's wonderful. So I really appreciated a couple of things that you made the comments on. Uh, Again, you know, we talk about uh, resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Of those, which ones do you think are the most important in running your own business? Oh my goodness. Um, I would have to say you cannot separate them. (laughs) You cannot, you can't, you need every single one of them and, and different things at different times. So, you know, when you're starting in business and you're excited and you're hopeful and and you're optimistic, right? But optimism goes away the minute you have a struggle or a challenge that you can't overcome. And you, you can't, lose that. You cannot quit being optimistic. You have to believe that what you're doing is going to make a difference. You have to be resilient. You have to be resourceful. Um, and, and accountability is super important. Although I would say that's the, that's the one most people don't like when they're running their own business. They don't like to be accountable, (laughs) but you need all of them. Yeah. Most people don't like the accountability in their life at all. It's, it has been my experience. 
things. It's like that's that's the one that they run into the biggest um, problems with because they would really rather blame everybody else for the reasons why their business is not working. And so, uh, you know, it's so much more fun to blame the next door neighbor than <laughs> the, because, because I don't know what I'm doing. So um, it sounds to me like, though, you used, um, you used something, you said, show me what's selling. You didn't say, but this is what I want to do. You know, you didn't... <laughs> didn't keep arguing that this is what you wanted to do it's what your passion was it was what uh, what you felt really really you know excited about doing you asked the question what is selling how did that shift your business well it, it was the thing that opened I mean here's the thing you know we always say success leaves clues right there's so much truth in that. All you have to do is ask questions or look at people that have gone before you that are doing what you want to do or accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And it doesn't matter, Michelle, if that's in life or in business. You know, if you're struggling with something in your marriage, then talk to someone who can help you get through that. Um, I think too many times people stay stuck because they want to try to figure everything out on their own. Mm -hmm. And I am a believer the fastest path for anything that you want to accomplish is ask. Ask someone that can tell you what you need to know. And, and that was really where that came from. Um, and I, I still treat my businesses like that. I still do that in my life. I ask questions. I, I go to people that I know have the expertise to help me. Right. And so, um, especially as you also do speaking and things, um, so you speak to what they want as opposed to what you want to tell them. Is that correct? You are absolutely right. In fact, I teach this to coaches and consultants um, because otherwise you're really wasting your time. And, and not that you can't, not that you can't add value and not that you can't have relationships, but look, we all, time is our most valuable asset. We only have so much of it, right? And so as a business owner in particular, you have to leverage your time. And the best way to do that is to somehow cater your, if you're speaking, you have to cater that um, speaking engagement to what their needs are, but you can do it in a way that is still going to help your business. Mm -hmm. And so that that is something that, um, yes, I, I teach. It's not about you or what you want, but there is a strategic way you can do things so that it's a win-win for everyone. Right. Yeah. So it's not about you. It's about them. Yes. But by serving them, it serves you and gives you what you want anyway. So it, it's Absolutely. like it's like really what all of us need is we need to be taught on a core level that we have um, tremendous value and that we are just you know our self worth. We need to work on that, but nobody's going to buy that. So you go in and you teach them, and while you're teaching them, you kind of weave that in to what <laughs> they asked for, but you teach them what they need to know as well at the same time. So it really works out well that way. So, so resourcefulness, though, listening to your stories about your business, resourcefulness seems to be something that you're very friendly with. <laughs> I have learned to do that. I, you know, when I think back to all the struggles and everything that I've had in businesses, I have always had to be resourceful because, you know, I'll be honest, Michelle, I bootstrapped everything in business. So I would make money and I would invest that back in and I would make money and I would invest that back in. And so everything that I did, I was very, um, very careful with the money. And I always thought things through. And, and a good example of this is I would sell things. So if I wanted to get something new for one of my health clubs, for example, I could, I can think of, I wanted to buy spin bikes at one time and they're very expensive. And, you know, we, we were in a small town. I had a great club, but we were still in a small town. And so even though that was successful, the money was still limited. Mm -hmm. And I remember I wanted to buy the spin bikes and instead of going out and, and this is what a lot of people do. They go out and they'll go into debt and they'll, you know, and, and this is a lot of the times why businesses fail. They don't 
think things through or they're not strategic about how they do things. So yes, I would have loved to have had brand new spin bikes, but I wanted 10 or 12 of them and I knew that was going to be costly. So I actually sold memberships for the spin classes before I ever bought the bikes. And I actually went out and found used bikes that were in great condition. So I already knew what the cost was going to be to, to bring those into my club. And then I actually sold that as an additional program so I could pay for the bikes. And I learned early on, that was how I did everything in my business. Anything new that I wanted to implement, I sold it as a program before I ever made the purchase. So I always had the money before I ever actually made the purchase. But what I did is I, I built up a lot of assets that way. How did you resolve the feeling that you were selling something you didn't even have? And did you ever have the fear that you wouldn't be able to pull it off? Uh, no, because I, no, that never occurred to me. <laughs> um, so, so here's the thing. And I even do this in my business now. If I'm going to launch a new program or something, I always sell it first before I ever create the program. I do that. Now I have a, a framework of what I want to do. I know how I want to do that, but I don't actually do the work and put the whole program together or the whole course or whatever that is. I don't do that until I've already sold it. And I know people want it because if people don't want it, there's no point in, in spending the money. Right. And so that's how I did it in all of my businesses. Um, so I would actually put the program together and I would sell the program and I would say, I'm not buying the bikes. I'm just going to use this as an example. I, I'm not buying the bikes if there's not enough interest. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure that we have all the interest first. Now, I didn't go spend the money. I kept the money. And once I had the money raised, then I went out and did it. So that never really occurred to me. It was kind of like, well, if, if there isn't interest, then I don't need to spend the money on it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really amazing. So thank you very much for that. So, um, Coaching and consulting others, how do you see or what do you see as their biggest issue with uh, resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness? What do they struggle the most with? You know, I think if you're talking about entrepreneurs, uh, they struggle with, I think, resilience and accountability. Mm -hmm. I think those are the two problems they struggle with. If you're talking about small business owners, I think they struggle with resourcefulness and accountability. Okay. So what I mean by that is I, you're talking, when I talk about small business owners, Michelle, I'm talking about more brick and mortar, kind of maybe a contractor, those types of service-based businesses. They struggle with accountability. And, and you said it earlier, they don't want to be accountable. Small business owners don't want to be accountable to anyone. Now, Little do they know they're accountable to everyone, their customers, their employees, their family, but they don't want to think of being accountable. So that's a struggle for them. Um, also, resourcefulness. They're so stuck in their business. And resourcefulness is a mindset. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's a mindset to be looking for ways and looking for, for things you can do. And so they struggle with that because they're so stuck in their business. They, they're not exposed mm -hmm. to, uh, to what's out there, to what's available, to get new ideas. You know, one of the things that I help small business owners do is just, you need thinking time. You need time set aside just to think mm -hmm. because you've got ideas and things that could better your business and help your business, but you're so... You're, you're so overwhelmed. You're so busy playing the game. You can't see what else is going on in the game. And, and so that's their struggle. But with entrepreneurs, you know, they need accountability because especially if they work from home, you know, they, they'll go do the laundry or they'll, you know, they're, they can't manage their time. That's a problem for them. And then it's so easy when you're trying to do things solo, which a lot of entrepreneurs are. I, and I, you know, people that are living the laptop lifestyle, right? right. Or, and, and working from their home or they're not around a lot of people except online. They struggle with really um, resilience because they get in their head. They get, you know, they, they struggle. Things get hard. You know, if you online market, and I know you do, it can be a struggle, right? And 
you have to bounce back over and over and over again. But they're resourceful because they, they know where to go find information. Mm -hmm. And they know that there are people out there like myself and like you, you know, who can help them. So they're resourceful, but they're not always resilient. And it's why a lot of them fail. They can't pull themselves up by their bootstraps and do what needs to get done. Yeah. And it, uh, you were, had spoken earlier about how uh, you can't really separate these principles. You have to do all of them. And we think of, we try to compartmentalize our lives. Like this is my business and this is my life. But if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, your business is your life. You can't separate those two. It's like, um, you know, the, the old saying, the way you do some things is the way you do everything. And so if you're trying to do something specifically for your business, but you don't have that kind of discipline in your personal life or vice versa, it's not going to work. You are absolutely right. And not only is it your not only is your business your life, it's also your family's life, whether they like it or not. When you run your own business, your whole family is in that. You know, I can think of times with my fitness businesses, you know, my daughter used to go and babysit the kids of the moms that, you know, were working out with me. I drug my kids with me. When I did my craft business, I drug my kids to, you know, to craft shows and to the stores that I was in and, and they went with me. So you cannot separate it ever, whether you want to or not, it, you can't, it, it really, and that, I think that's too where my passion comes from because when people are miserable in their business, when they're, they're stressed out, when they're overworked, when they're overwhelmed, underpaid, their whole family suffers, their whole life suffers. Right. And so it isn't, to me, it's not just about helping someone fix their business. I'm also helping, I've saved marriages, I've saved businesses, I've saved, you know, people's, um, their college kids funds, all of those things. Those are all, you know, that, that's sort of the byproduct of, of what I do. That's really wonderful because I, I imagine if you were to have a conversation with my children, they would tell you about all of the hours they got drug around from doctor's <laughs> office to doctor's office while I picked up the, the work that I would do at home. But I had to make this run every single morning in order to um, return and pick up the transcription for the next day. And my kids, it was like, you know, let me go back to school because I don't have to do this with you. And during the summer months, it was just, yeah, they got drug around for everything. And then also, you know, I'm sitting and I'm typing and they want to talk to me. And it was, uh, it was really a challenging thing, but it was necessary. So I guess your choices are three choices. You can either work in the corporate world or you can be an entrepreneur, or you can not have any money. <laughs> so exactly. No, those are those are. You're absolutely right. You know, Michelle, we made the decision to move back because I was in corporate, and my kids were having to be raised by daycare. Uh -huh. They were little. You know, my daughter was. Well, I mean, from the time she was born, we moved back when she was 18 months, and my son was about three and a half. They're about 20 months apart, so I don't know whatever that math is. But um, I did not want them raised by daycare. It was a nightmare. It was it was horrible, and you know, I worked terrible hours. I was in retail management, so I worked weekends. I worked nights. There were. Um, it was not a lifestyle for a mom. Uh -huh. with two small children. And so when you say that, maybe corporate is an option, but a lot of times it's not. Right. Yeah. You know, the hours make it tough. Yeah, they cer it certainly does. My daughter used to do retail. So yeah, I, I know that's, <laughs> your schedule is usually not set either, which is just a nightmare to try to figure out with um, yes. children. So, um, so what would you say to a woman who is kind of uh, holding themselves back from their business or their uh, entrepreneurial whatever that they want to do, they're holding back from really going for it to achieve the kind of life that they want. What would you say to that person? Oh my goodness. You know, I am such a believer. I, you know, God gives us all gifts. We all have gifts and and talents and 
I believe that we can accomplish anything. I just do not think you can hold back the human spirit. But I believe we can accomplish anything. And I also believe we all have the same opportunities. And especially if you live in the United States, right? We have the same opportunities. There's always there's are always options. I think more than anything, you have to just want something different. You have to want a change, but you can't let anything hold you back. Mm-hmm. You, it just, um, they're just excuses, really. They're just excuses. And I think you have to look at things. If, if, you're, if you're being held back from something, I think you have to look at number one, why is that happening? What excuses are you believing? <laughs> what excuses are you telling yourself? And then why are you allowing that to happen? What's the reason? I just don't believe we should ever hold ourselves back from who, who we're meant to be. Right. Well, uh, for individuals who have experienced like a trauma of some sort, um, it makes it really hard. You just kind of, um, it's really hard to run a business when, you do, when you're doing that, having had a major trauma that happened in your life or something like that. And it's how would you pull back a little bit to regroup? Because if you don't heal yourself, then you can't give what you need to give to the business. So do you have any advice on how you can uh, take care of yourself and yet take care of your business too? Well, I think, I think some things are going to sound very basic. And the first thing I would say is take care of your physical body. Mm-hmm. Take care of, you know, watch how you eat. Take it gets, you know, you want to get good sleep because you can't function when you're exhausted, right? Or you're not sleeping. And I know these sound super basic, but the truth is when you are at your, when you are physically in a good place, you're also going to be in a better place mentally. When I think about, you know, I was depressed. I I didn't even know really what to, that depression existed. I should have probably been on medication, but you know, I, they didn't dole it out like they do now. Right. So that wasn't some, that wasn't an option. And so the only thing I knew was to take care of myself and, but it changed everything. It changed my outlook. It changed my relationships. It changed who I was as a mom, as a friend, as a wife. It's, and so the, so there's a lot of power in, in physically taking care of yourself. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is we have so many resources available. Most people have a computer and there is unlimited amounts of things online that can help you feed your mind and help you get through things and look at things with a different perspective. And I never ever will make light of any trauma, but we still have a choice in how we choose to look at things, to see things, the perspective of things. And, you know, with my business owners, I always say, focus on the solution, not on the problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a believer in that. You cannot move forward if you're focused on the problem. But the same can be true if something has happened in your past. Look, everyone's gone through things. Mm-hmm. But if you focus on that, you'll never move forward. So you have to... You have to really uh, do the inner work to heal. You have to, you know, think about what you're feeding yourself. You know, I'm a believer, so, um, you know, I read scripture and things like that. So for me, that's healing. Other people have other ways that can be healing to them. Finding an accountability partner can be helpful or a coach or someone that, you know, that can help you through that. But ultimately, we still have a choice to live, to get on with it, or to live in what's happened and in the past. And again, I hope that doesn't sound like I'm making light of anything because I'm certainly not. Mm -hmm. No, I understand. And I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Uh, We're going to take a small break and then please come back as we continue our conversation with Ann Carden, who is the founder and CEO of A Carden Inc. And she helps um, international business and marketing consulting for coaches, consultants, and small business owners. So come right back. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. 
Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So, here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win, and I'm interviewing Ann Carden, and she is giving us some really great insights into how to um, be a successful business owner and an entrepreneur, and also how to take care of yourself, which I really appreciate. So, so Ann, what keeps you going? So when you have moments of, of difficulty and challenges, what keeps you going? Um, you know, I, I just said it a few minutes ago, and I try to also live by that, is focus on the solution <laughs> and not on the problem. And I am also someone who, I, don't, I just don't believe in failing or giving up. Um, I'm, I'm resourceful, and I'm resilient, and I'm going to always find a way. And, or, you know, I say find a way or make a way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I have to say, really, it's just something that that is in me, it's just an energy or just something that um, I think because I've come through so many things and so many struggles, you know, I just won't let myself quit on myself. I think that's really, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So I have a question for you about how do you know that if it is time to quit, you know, because if you're, say you're starting a new business, you're trying to start a new business and you don't feel that you're having the success that you would like to have, how do you know whether or not it's the time to quit or the time to find a different way to do it? Well, I would say if you have exhausted your resources and you still can't make it happen, uh, or you've, you've, you know, now we can reach out to experts and we can get help. And that to me is the fastest path. And I'm not saying that just because I am a coach or a consultant. I do, I practice what I preach. Uh -huh. That is the fastest path. So if I can't find someone that can help me, um, I, I've exhausted my resources. I'm going to look for some other options. And a, and a good example of that is when I saw my first business, the market changing, I started, you know, I moved into more designing the patterns from making, doing the ready-made dolls because the ready-made dolls, you know, that business was going away. It was changing. And I think you have to be flexible in business, especially in business, but I really in life too. And you have to be able to shift. And so it doesn't mean you have to throw everything out. I still was a good designer. And so I found other ways to, uh, you know, to really use those gifts and those talents in a way that, you know, I could continue my business. But as that changed, again, I started, there are opportunities, Michelle, all around us. Mm -hmm. So I think you can, if you look for them, you can always find a way to shift. So give up. I don't know. I always say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> that is an old saying, but do you need to throw it all out or can you just look for some shifts? So I don't know about giving up. I'm not sure unless something's completely going away. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure you have to give up. And that might be the time when it's time to say the, okay, this isn't working. So show me what is. Exactly. That's exactly right. Or, and like I said, I think, you know, there are opportunities all around. So here's an example, Michelle. One of the things that I help coaches and consultants do is package up their sweet. I, I say package up their expertise to work in their sweet spot. So everyone has gifts, right? And, and so if I can show someone how to package that up in a way that other people need it, want it, they can help others with that. Mm 
those are the resources, right? Those, those are the resources. So it may not be what they originally started with. For example, someone may go through a certification to be a life coach. But then as we dig into that process, we find out they have all these technical skills and they, you know, they've done all these things. They have all this, I call it career collateral or expertise collateral. And they have all these other things that they've done, but they've tried to sort of, okay, I want to be a coach, so I'm going to go get a certification. But yet it doesn't really align with all the things they've done in their past. And so if I can help them take the resources they are they already have or the gifts they already have, and I can help them utilize their life coaching certification along with, with some of the other gifts they have, they have something very unique. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have to throw everything out, but how can they restructure things or be flexible and come up with something completely new and unique? Yeah. Yeah. That's really wonderful. So um, I imagine sometimes your clients suffer a setback. How do you help them get through that and remain optimistic or become optimistic again? Yes. So the first thing I let them know is it's temporary. (laughs) Whatever they're going through is very temporary because it's happened to every business owner on the planet at some point. There's really nothing in business that hasn't happened to just everyone at some point or someone at some point. And so it goes back to we put the plan in place to change what's happening. And a a good example of this is I have a client um, that I've been working with for well over a year and they had an employee that needed to be gone long, long ago, but they were so afraid. They actually had bought the business from a family member and they had inherited this employee, but this employee really didn't want to work for them and was made that very known and and really brought the company down and was a stress to them and all of this. Well, so they tried everything to turn this person around and um, they were so afraid to let him go, even though he needed to go. And it would have been the best thing for him too, because they thought he would take all of their employees with them, with him. So I said, look, we can't be reactive. You can't, you can't keep holding on to someone who's dragging the company down. You can't, um, you can't settle for this, but let's not, and, and we don't want to wait for him to leave and leave you high and dry or take all of your employees. So let's be proactive and let's put a plan in place. And so we started obviously looking and searching for new employees before they let him go. And he actually self-selected and left the company anyway, when they started bringing in some new people because either he felt that maybe that was happening. He knew, I mean, he knew he wasn't helping the company, but I had to assure them, look, he's not going to take everyone with him, but even if he did, let's just be proactive and make sure that doesn't happen. And so again, it's about not focusing on the problem. Let's try to fix the problem if we can, but let's focus on a better way and on the solution. And when you can get people focusing on the positive moving forward, having a solution, it really takes their mind off of the problem or it lightens that load. Yeah. Fear is, um, really a challenging thing so they were afraid that he would take everybody with him but he you know that's something to fear that's not even a reality right there it's just something that they worried about and that would keep them from moving forward in a way that needed to be moved forward like the guy need to go needed to go in order for their business to go um so we had established that you run your business and you run your life and they run each other all the time. So how do you establish (laughs) some sort of um, balance between your personal life and your business life so that you don't go crazy? Well, that's a great question. And I have to tell you, it took me a long time to figure this out. And it took me a long time to learn this and a lot of stress and struggle. But you know what I have really found, Michelle, is we we don't ever truly have balance. Okay. I think balance is a myth. I think there are times your personal life takes front and, you know, is front and center. And I think there are times your business has to be front and center. And I think we go through, you know, pendulum swings, so to speak, where there are different times in different stages where we have to put more effort into one thing than the other. You've probably found that too, right? Yes. 
And, and so I, I think balance is, a, is really a myth. But I think you have to be really, really aware of, you know, where your focus is and not keeping it there so long that everything else falls apart. So it is, it's, it is kind of a, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it, it is kind of a fine line between not letting one thing overtake the other. But I think you, I think more than anything, you really just have to be aware that you don't let everything else struggle or fall apart. And you have to realize that different things have different times and different seasons where you're putting forth more effort. I hope that makes sense. I hope that came out the way I meant it. I, I understood what you said. So I thought that was <laughs> good. Oh, good. Hopefully your listeners do. <laughs> um, I'm certain that there are times when, um, you know, we all get into this, this phase of, I have to fix this now. And I have to concentrate only on this one thing. And we do let everything else go to heck in a handbasket. And um, that makes for really big disasters. So um, earlier you had talked about, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how you phrased it, but what in essence you were saying that you needed some quiet time to think. That's what you said. You needed time to think. And meditation is really good for that. Um, mm -hmm. How do you encourage people to do things like that when they're working with you? Because you can always say, well, yeah, I know, but I don't have time to do that. Right. So how do you encourage them to do that? You know, I, I, I learned uh, a lot of years ago in business that I needed, we have some, we have some property that we love to go to and we have a camper there and it just stays there. And I remember years ago, we would go to the camper for the weekend and my husband loves the outdoors. And uh, that was, that was such quiet time for me, but I got my best stuff, my best ideas you know, just to renew. And, and it was so funny because my employees used to say, oh no, you went to the camper over the weekend because I would come back and I would have all these ideas. And so the thing that I would say is if you try it, you, you'll be amazed at how much more productive you'll be. You'll be amazed at the energy that you create. You'll be amazed at the ideas that you come up with. And so you, you know, a lot of times it takes convincing when I'm working with people, I have to convince them, you know, you need to take time, just be completely away, be quiet, meditate, whatever you have to do, find that quiet time, you've got to carve it out. And once they do it, and they kind of create the habit, they can't do without it. But sometimes it is a struggle because you're, you're right, their, their first impression is I don't have time. But honestly, do you have time to be stressed out? Do you have time to, you know, just spin your wheels? And that's really, it, it's a trade-off. It, it's a trade-off. Yeah, it's really good that you point that out because um, if you really think about it, it's like, do you have time to be stressed out? Hmm. <laughs> well, right. I'm, I don't, I'd rather not. And obviously I am. So yeah, let's do something different. It's, it's the same thing like trying to, trying to hammer a square peg into a round hole. It just does not work no matter how many times you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yes. And so, when you're quiet, you can listen, you can hear your, you can hear what, what you need to hear, I think. Yeah. And um, the practice that I work with people on is to have them breathe down deep into their belly and then imagine that they're breathing through their heart and activate a feeling of love, gratitude, or appreciation, which is a high vibration um, added, uh, emotion and that's amazing what happens when you do that. All of a sudden, it's like, uh, oh, wow, I now can get these ideas. Like you're talking about your, your employees saying that you had obviously been at the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Wonderful. So um, what encouragement would you like to give our listeners today? Who might be you know, something that I didn't, that I didn't mention, and you just kind of jogged my brain a little bit, is you know, I think, I do believe people can accomplish anything they set out to do. I just, I just, you know, we just see people do amazing, amazing things, right? And I, I don't think you can hold back the human spirit. I just, I don't believe you can for people that really want something to happen. But, you know, you said gratitude and 
I have to say, if you're struggling, if you're stressed, if you, anything in your business or your life or anything at all, not only focusing on the solution as I talked about, but also thinking about what you're grateful for having an attitude of gratitude. It's so powerful because we know you can't think negative and positive at the same time. It's not possible, right? And so to focus on all the things you're grateful for, it just completely puts things in perspective. And to always realize too, that there are always people out there that are worse off than you. And, and, and so do we really should we really live like that? You know, our, we only have so much time in our life and you can either live it or not. And I prefer to live it. So, you know, I want to encourage, I want to be that light to help people do the same thing as well. Yes. And gratitude is the highest vibration emotion that we have. So it really, when you do that, and, and it's not just that you think it, it's you have to feel it. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're struggling, one of the, one of the best ways to get, or if you're in a funk or, you know, you're whatever, one of the best ways is to go out and help someone else. Mm-hmm. Go out and give, give, donate, do something to give back because we know how that makes us feel. Right. Right. And, and even if it's just that you just go for a walk and observe other people and you can just say, you know, I do this sometimes when I'm feeling really bad is I'm just kind of observing people around me in in the world. And, and I see things where I'm able to say there, but for the grace of God, go I, because my life is, is so much better. At least I have a home. At least I have clothing. At least I have food, you know, just start with the basics. Um, Sometimes even if you're really in a really bad funk, I find that just, Oh, I woke up this morning. I'm grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can breathe. That's that's ex- no. That that's absolutely right. The thing is, we could write down. We could ne- We could write books on on what we are blessed with. I mean, we could just write books, right? So, uh, it, you it it's just endless. And if you just focus on those things, or you just you know, I, a lot of people like to journal. I journal, and just really getting in that it puts you in a completely different frame of mind. And then I think you can start thinking differently and feeling differently. And you know what? It really, you have to practice it. You know, I think it has to become part of who you are as a person. So you can always draw from it and you always, you can flip the switch and say, okay, I think I have let myself wallow in this long enough. (laughs) It's time to move forward. Right. And I, I think some of that's self-awareness and, and some of it is just practicing those habits and realizing we have control over most things. Yes, that's true. I have found, which is sometimes helpful, is uh, when, I'm, when I'm having a really difficult time and I'm struggling with, with a very real thing that's in my life. I didn't imagine it. I didn't make it up. It's something that really did happen. But it's impacting my ability to um, function. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll look at my watch and I'll say, okay, you've got 20 minutes to feel sorry for yourself. And then you're done. That's a timer. No, that, that's actually a great practice. It's yeah. actually a great practice. Yes. Because it, and it, just, it does just help you flip that switch. Okay, that's enough. Because what good is it? It, it's not helping you. It's, it's not helping you or serving you in any way. And it certainly isn't serving anyone else. So what's the point? Well, the point is it is absolutely necessary to acknowledge your emotions and to feel them. Mm-hmm. But, it, but you mentioned that just don't wallow in them. Yes. It's the wallowing that, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to wallow. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, you can't, definitely you can't ignore things. You, you do have to work through things. That's how we, that's how we get better, right? Yeah. So you can't ignore things, but I do think there's a way you can handle them for sure. So would you say that um, every, um, every difficulty that we experience on our business benefits us somehow? Oh, absolutely. Well, you, you know, we learn more when we fail or we struggle than we do when things go really well. Because most of the time when things go really well, we don't know why they went really well. But we have to actually work through a struggle or a hurdle or an obstacle. We, we know the steps we took. And so when you come out the other side, you, you've accomplished something. You've got some, you've definitely got an experience. 
you know, everything that I help business owners with, I, I've probably experienced myself in some way, shape or form. And, and so that's a really powerful thing. It's also really powerful to let them know, you know, this too shall pass <laughs> with, you know, it's, it's temporary. It's not going to, it's not going to continue unless you allow it to continue. So um, yeah, I think we learn more from going through things than if everything was just, and we learn more gratitude that way as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate that this conversation that we have had, and, and I, I like your enthusiasm, which by the way, if you don't know, actually means God within. So I appreciate that. Um, that's very helpful. And how can my listeners connect with you if they want to know more about you, they want to get some assistance with their business, or they just want to you know, get to know you because you're such an upbeat person? <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I definitely, you can find me on platforms like Facebook and LinkedIn, but I do have a Facebook group that I am very passionate about for coaches, consultants, entrepreneurs, experts, um, and they are welcome to join that group. And it's, it's called Next Level. If you go to my Facebook page, there's a link for that group as well. But if they want to reach out to me, they can certainly friend me, message me. They can go to my website. And I think Michelle, you're going to post those links for them. But AnnCardenConsulting.com is my website and you can reach out to me there as well. So you, you'll have no trouble finding me if you just search my name. (laughs) That's wonderful. And thank you so much, Ann. I really, really appreciate your taking the time to spend some time with us today. Michelle, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope that I brought a lot of value to your listeners. But I love what you're doing, so thank you. Thank you for joining us today as we learned happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries, and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.